Welcome to the main experience. Welcome to episode 17 of the Main Experience Podcast. I am really excited to share this episode with you. We are featuring a conversation with songwriter Travis Sear. And we'll also be featuring the opening track off of his latest album, Morning Bird Choir. Then I'll be leaving you with a main soundscape recorded up in the Maine North Woods earlier this fall. Now, I was really excited to talk to Travis, as you'll be able to hear in my long-winded introduction of him, but um, he's just a really great guy, and we're we're both fans of the band Fish, and it was just a really great conversation. So I'm really excited to share with you all. Um, I'm recording this the day after the big snowstorm here in Maine. We got a good foot and a half of snow, so I hope everybody is staying warm and safe and... Uh, all that good stuff. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with songwriter Travis Sear. Welcome to the show, Mr. Travis Sear. I'm super excited to have you because since I've started my little main experience, I feel like I've I've seen you from afar and peripherally, and I'm like totally, totally into what you're up to. I love your music, man. I think you're like an amazing wordsmith. And uh, your songs, you know, I listened to the three songs you sent me off your forthcoming record, and uh. they're already swimming in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I was humming the tune while I was like setting up the stuff for this. Um, oh, and I man. used to, um, you know, I used to, I used to uh, do like music production for uh, Ringling Brothers Circus. So all of the circus imagery in that in that song is like it, you know, it speaks to me, you know. But oh, there, wow. but but I think that's I think that's one of the things about your music that I've noticed is the words, um, they can they they speak volumes almost, and they sort of like there's you can read a lot into it, you know. And I think that there's sort of um, abstract but vivid at these at same time, you know, um, when I listen to your music, I feel like I'm like transported to like a place, you know, and I love that about what you got going on. So I've been wanting to get you on the show and I know I'm talking a lot here, but I'm like, super excited about this. I've wanted to have you on the show. And as soon as I saw you were, you had a new record that you had recorded during quarantine and we're releasing, I was like, this is a perfect time for us to, to do this and, and chat about this stuff. So, um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, t- t- first and foremost, let's talk about the new release. Kind of tell me about how how it um, how you sort of got into the space to do it, and uh, your inspiration for the songs, and, and kind of tell us all about it. Wow. First off, thank you for having me. That's quite the intro. Uh, I've typically shied away from a lot of this type of thing, but I am incredibly grateful for what you're doing and for your consideration, let alone your kind words regarding my music. Thank you very much. Um, Before I delve right into it, I got to tell you, um, anytime anybody compliments my lyrics, it, it's, it, it means the world. That, I, that I've always been a writer first and foremost, and I try to focus and concentrate on that. I come at every song from the lyric. So thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your, your gracious words. Uh, that being said, uh, I think you're going to love the new album. Uh, I, most of it was conceived in, in, a, in a different section of my uh, musical laboratory. Um, I've always written from a very personal aspect, but tried to keep it general so that anybody could relate to it or take what they want from it without being overtly direct or specific. So with this new album, uh, it's funny. So quarantine hit and I think I wrote one or two of these songs and then I didn't write, I didn't write. I didn't play much music after being, you know, so heavily involved and on the road for playing gigs three nights a week for 20 years. I, I appreciated the break. Uh, I've always been kind of a socially distanced champ, so I I enjoyed the time. Uh, As it went on, I I really started to miss it. It was in my blood, and so I'm always writing. I'm always writing into my phone. I'm writing on whatever I can write on. 
And eventually, uh, it, 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 I, I have a stockpile of ammunition to work with. Um, music for me is, is more, it, it comes uh, uh, much more difficult. Uh, it, it's a more difficult process. That being said, this, this new album, Morning Bird Choir, just happened. Um, so I, I wanted to get into the, I, I dove down the rabbit hole of home recording. Uh, I've always wanted to get into it, but I've always had the luxury of being surrounded by super talented peers that I could uh, have assist me with completing my recording projects. With quarantine and, and the, the pandemic looming, I figured it was going to be a long winter and I, I needed to take control of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know, got the necessary components and did a little bit of homework and entered the world of Zoom yeah. And uh, got a little bit of direction from my good buddy, uh, Captain Frank Hopkins, who's uh, a mighty figure in the main music scene himself uh, and a co-conspirator on all my past recordings. Uh-huh. So uh, we Zoomed and talked about a lot of things from, you know, cheese and fudge and ice cream to a little bit of music. But uh, I got my bearings about me and uh, I retreated to my my little space in the Spruce and Pines up here and uh, where I can just live in my double bubble from society and nothing penetrates and I'm secure and safe and comfortable and it it allows me to get creative. So uh, I, I just kind of set everything up and I I went for it. Um, I have a, it's funny the way this happened. It's like uh, as soon as I started, I tested the the gear with the two songs that I wrote right after the pandemic. I'm looking somewhere to find you and the weight of science. So I, I got rough versions of those and I listened. And I thought, wow, this is all right. I'm going to just go for whatever I can go for. So I tuned everything out and I just started, I, I, I dug out the notebook and I had, every, you know, I had songs, if you will, or poems or whatever stories, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And I assembled my favorite ones, the most recent ones, and I, I think I had like five or six. And the music, once I, once I got to that point and sat down, all right, I've got this ready, my words, the music happened. The, mu- the melodies came. I had been singing the words in my head. I found the place for them. And to me, the music has always just been to accompany the lyrics. I'm not a great musician. I do as much as I can with what I have. And... Um, try to support the words that that's funny because i love your guitar playing man i think it's i think it's the it's just the kind of guitar playing i like to listen to and enjoy and um Thank you. i uh you know i love that it's sort of like your focus is on the words and that the 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 you've you've got the music you you sort of it's like a necessity to get the words out you know but okay. that being said the ability to sort of capture and tell a story with just words and guitar i think is so difficult you know because when you got a band and you've got support and you've got that 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 sort of help i think it's probably a lot easier as a musician so um that's what i also love about the live streams you've been doing it's just so raw and it's just you and your guitar and um it's great. So, so uh, I have to compliment your guitar playing because I think uh-huh. I think it's great. And 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 your and your song structure, you know, the sort of the the changes and it, it's great. So I don't know if anybody could yeah. tell I'm a fan. So uh, I'll, I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. I appreciate that. Uh, I think that that style of playing comes from just playing solo for so long. Yeah. That in the early years, I felt I had to be as big and busy mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. to round out that space. You know, back when I first started playing, you know, late nineties, Keller Williams was. A yeah. Big That's so funny. You say that and because he, you, he, you, I can know, see the influence. I can see the, influence. So I've had many different teachers along the way, but back when I first started, he, he was somebody I was looking at some kind of direction. For yeah. Me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but so I'm ready to record this new batch of songs and, and it's coming together and it's coming together quick. And at the same time, I guess it's, it's, it's a true uh, a testament of art imitating life because there's so much going on. You know, we're all dealing with the weight of the changes we've had to uh, succumb to. We're all missing things. We're all struggling in different ways. Uh, and that, that, that holds true. You know, I have a lot of things going on. I'm well. Everybody's healthy. I'm very blessed. I'm fortunate. So, I, you know, I live humbly. I, I, I appreciate. I, sh- I show gratitude. But around me, there's a lot that's happening. And I think 
having time to little like maybe marinate on some of these ideas and just maybe not even thinking about music, but just living this new world that we're living. Once it came time to get creative, mm. everything in my life just was like put on pause. And, and I was talking to my dad the other day uh, and I was telling, he was asking me about this new project and I was saying, you know, it's, I really feel like for, it, cause this all happened in a two week span, all of this, like I had those couple songs and some poems, but everything else, once I started, boom, boom, boom. I was, I'd spend the day in the studio, drive home at night. And while I was driving home at night, I was speaking words into my phone. The next morning I was recording those words when I got back to the studio. So I was writing, recording, and it was a cycle that went on for about five days. And at the end of the five days, I felt like somebody had just kind of came into my body while I was sleeping, took over for a week, got everything out, got everything done. And when he was safe to check out, he checked out and I was left with this thing. And that's the beauty of art. And that's yeah. the, the, the gift that that's what keeps me going, Jason. And, and uh, chasing that type of experience, I feel so blessed and so to have done it. So once I got started, this was all coinciding with, uh, I have a 95, my grandparents are 95 and 94 respectively. On my mother's side, on my father's side, he lost both of his parents to cancer when he was a senior. So I never met that side of my family. But my other grand set of grandparents was extremely healthy. But this all happened while my 95-year-old grandfather passed away. Oh, wow. So I recorded Helios, which you were referring to with the line, my grandpa. And the, I was recording these and writing these on the day he was dying. So I kind of feel like there was just that's that art of creation and, the, and just the, the everything bigger than us. And if you just tune into things, you can pick. I felt blessed to be doing this batch of songs. And I feel... I've always felt that about every recording project I've done, but to, to do this one, one by myself, all alone up in the cabin to engineer it and record it, the, the sense of satisfaction that gave me, but then to be working at the, the creative pace that I was working at that I don't think I've ever, I've worked at some pretty feverous pitches mm -hmm. here and there, but this was something else. I've never really been this tuned in to, to the art and, uh, so it's a very satisfying and I'm very proud of the songs because I think like I mentioned earlier, a, a lot of my lyrics maybe came from a very personal standpoint. And this one is definitely more abstract. There's a lot of imagery when you mm -hmm. hear the rest of the album. There's just a lot of words on this. Um, and that was a conscious effort because in that break I took between the pandemic starting and writing this album, I wasn't playing or writing a lot of music. I started writing short stories. Mm. So I got this tentative book of short stories and it changed the way that I was writing. It, it freed me up. And, and a lot of my previous songs, I, 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 I never swore, used curse or mm. vulgar language. And all of a sudden, just writing short stories, I could get into characters with the most foul mouth and, and feel good about it. You know, I can't feel good singing vulgarity. Um, so it just, it just allowed me to enter a new room, create, you know, creatively in my mind and what i found is once i started writing lyrics to new songs it definitely spilled over it opened up a whole closet of words and 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 i'm a big fan of wordplay and the yeah. celebration of words themselves you know yeah. uh so it really spilled over into this new batch of songs where it's still accessible it's still meaningful it's still personal but it's still what is he talking about? That means something different to me, what it might mean to you. And that's important to me as a yeah. writer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's always been sort of, and I've heard other, you know, very successful musicians talk about that of like, you know, a, a good song is one that has a different meaning to every single person. You know, they're able to see themselves in it. They're able to see something different in it than maybe what the original writer intended, you know? Uh, it's about connection. Yeah. yeah like, um, I'm sure you've heard uh, Tom Marshall talk about how he doesn't like to tell people the meanings of songs because it's right. like, well, spoils it. Yeah. It's not, you yeah. know, it's your meaning, not mine, you know? That's right. Um, so I love that. And I love how, you know, the unprecedented circumstances forced you to not be able to do what you would normally do. So you did something different and then you felt the yeah. creative pull to go back to what you knew and how that influenced um, each other is really interesting. And I want to go back to where you sort of were elaborating to like 
kind of getting out of the way and letting the muse come, you know, the thing that another thing I've heard musicians talk about, it's like getting out of the way to tap into that thing, you know, all of the training, all of the practicing of the scales, all of the things that you do is all to get out of the way so that, you know, that thing can come through you. So I kind of want to get you like, what was it? How, how you, and you said you felt that more than ever. What do you think affected that? Was it the pandemic? Was it your own personal stuff? Was it a little more isolation? Was it not being able to go out and play the live shows you used to? Or what, what do you, what do you, or was it, was it a little bit of all of it? Definitely all of it. But what, what sits above all of that? And that was, it was the pandemic. It was seeing people struggle. It was struggling myself. It was not being able to, it was working 20 years at a music career and then having it all just disappear. It was frustration, but it was, but there was acceptance and there was, you know, but to me, what it's about is I, it's, I think maybe just what you reach a point after doing it for so long, where you, you recognize Mm -hmm. when it's, when it's time, I know when it's time for me to drop out. My so I know when my soul's got a full cup and it needs to be emptied. I know when I've got to go to work, work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I know when I've got a song t- to do. Uh, I can feel it. And then when it starts coming, I, I've it's happened to me now. So I can all I can do is hope for the best and, and open myself to it and try to be as attentive and service it the best I can make yeah. sure I, I, I get everything that it's trying to give me the best I can. And then you'll know when it's gone. I do. I know when I'm emptied. All right. Wow. That, I just purged my creative self time to go refuel. Let's take a walk in the woods. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's being able to recognize it and then embrace it. Yeah. I love that. And, and like you said, you know, it's like, um, it kind of took you 20 years to, to train yourself to know when that time is coming, you know? Yeah. And I guess it's like with anything though, it's like, as you do yeah. things over a long period of time, you know, it's that whole 10,000 hour thing, right? It's like, it right. does, it, you know, you, if you put enough work into something, it will become easier. And, um, it's, it's how in tune we are with ourselves. Some people aren't in tune with themselves mm. and some people are right there with them, you know? And so I think you just have to, you have to be in tune with yourself. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Um, take me back to the beginning a little bit. Like what were some of your um, earliest memories with music or when did you start writing? What was like, when did you think, Oh man, this is something I got to, I got to pursue. Yeah. No, I, I got answers for all three of those portions, I guess. Uh, my earliest memory would probably be uh, you know, my earliest memory, four or five years old and my dad's vinyl collection sitting there with headphones, listening to the concert for Bangladesh and Bob Dylan's set at four years old, you know, and then discovering Van Morrison at six and the Grateful Dead at seven. And uh, so it's music has always since day one been a part of me. And uh, I always, you know, got into everything when I was playing sports in high school, I was competitive. I got into it, but I was, I always had an art, artistic side to me um i never had plans i was going to be i wanted to be a teacher growing up and uh once i got i did a couple stints at college and started playing music um i wasn't invested in the educational curriculum i didn't want to just dig myself a hole so i didn't do the college and i bounced around you know spent time in different parts of the northeast for a little bit and i think i returned to northern maine like 2000 maybe after stints in 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 burlington and uh portland farmington and uh during that time of bouncing around i was always going to shows and stuff i think the thing that i remember seeing medesky martin and wood in like 1995 or 1996 Mm -hmm. and uh i remember walking out of the theater that night and thinking like those guys didn't just play their instruments they they fucking attacked them they they made noise out of every possible piece of construction on that instrument. And it blew my mind. And I started listening to fish in the early nineties. And then it, that does wonders for your soul and, and your mental creative capacity. Um, so it was a bunch of little things along the way that started forming the, the, the weird avenues I would try to explore, you know, and, and led me to do the things like the Aroots Acoustic Festival, it was seeing all these 
things, seeing this band come up to Northern Maine and stage this massive festival right here in my backyard, but then turning around and going to play the Common Ground Fair in Unity and seeing unbelievable homegrown acts like the Tough Cats and Tree by Lee, thinking, all right, I'm going to do what they did on a small scale up here where there is no music and celebrate Maine music. Um, I started playing gigs around that time. I was taking, I was doing a bunch of different jobs, you know, bartending and uh, substitute teaching. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And I remember uh, right when I moved back home, 2000, 2001, 2000, I think I took my first paying gig. It was a bar gig, hundred bucks, easy money. I've never been played, paid to play my guitar. Walked out that night and the guy wanted me back the next night. I'm like, okay, if this is going to be that easy, maybe I'm going to try to pursue this. 20 years later, I've got 2,000 gigs under my belt. So I never had plans to do it. But once I found out that maybe I can make a go at this, if I really honor it and, and try to work on, work on my singing, work on my playing, work on my equipment, try to up the game, try to just try to do things, but maintain true to what it is I want to do. I don't want to go to bars and play Wagon Wheel. And, and, and I have. I've played the shit out of that song before it got what it was but i don't want to be a cover band guy i don't want to do what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. i if, if i can take those four chords and put some old my own twist on it and let me try to sneak a few of these in the set tonight and as the years went on i went from doing you know maybe 90 percent cover material to 90 percent original material over the years and that that was a good feeling to be able to pull that off you know I, every night i remember i remember right before the pandemic hit and still getting in my car after a show and just feeling like you're like a cowboy riding out of town feeling you got away with something like you rode into town you made friends you played a show you made people smile you got a free pizza that's it's what a blessed what a blessing you know and uh i, I miss it all terribly yeah sorry to ram ramble a little bit i don't no, know if i directly answered no, your question you but just to touch on a bunch of no you did and i want to parts of the journey i want to go back because um I was going to ask you, I knew you were a fish fan because you've been, you've been giving me Facebook love on all my fish posts. Cause I'm a, such <laughs> a fish fan and such a Trey Anastasio, like, you know, he's kind of like my musical hero. You know what I mean? He's like, he's incredible. So I wanted to ask you, cause I knew you lived up there in Northern Maine, how that affected you. So to hear that it directly affected the music oh, festival yeah. that you put on up there and your own music career. That is, that is so cool. Talk a little bit about the festival. I know it didn't happen this year, but I know it is something that's big up there. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know about it, kind of, kind of talk about what it, what it, what it is and, and what maybe hopefully we're going to see it again in the future, you know? Yeah. Um, let me go back to the fish thing real quick. Yeah. Uh, I remember when they came up here for that first one in 97, I'd already been listening to them for like five years. So yeah. to have you like your favorite band come in your backyard for a couple of days. Incredible. It was incredible. But um, when I think of music, I think of a big bubble of everything I love, but then there's fish outside of that, which is like its own entity yeah. to me, you know? And I think Dylan kind of has his own bubble in my mind. You know, there's Dylan, there's fish, and then there's everything else that I love. And I don't listen to a lot of that music to this day. I, I When I am driving or li listening to music, it, it is live fish shows usually, yeah, 90% of the time. Yeah, There's a few songwriters that I like, and I listen to my peers here in Maine, I, you know, as much as I can. But I, I typically don't listen to a lot of music. But I digress, and I will speak to your Roots Acoustic question for a little bit. And I believe um, we were scheduled for one uh, this summer. We had to um, postpone it. And I want to say that it would have been number 13 or number 14. Wow. We did, we did I think we took a year off after number 10. Um, so what it was is it, I, uh, a small park up here, public park that was not really being utilized. It was being overgrown. And, and me and a buddy of mine at the time went in and we painted the bleachers and replaced some of the wood and raked the yard and went to the town office and said, hey, we use that stage. I think the first year we had like 35 people there, you know, we had three acoustic acts and we said, oh, that was fine. We'll see what we can do next year. I invited a few more friends. We were up to eight bands, 70 people. We were able to give every band 20 bucks. All right, this is great. Let's push it a little further. 
eventually we were somewhere around 26 bands. We were building a second stage in the parking lot and we were, you know, hanging pictures in the trees and um, pushing the envelope and getting away with as much as we could within, you know, as the town and, and uh, would let us. Um, it, It was always done out of, out of pure love for main music. Yeah. Um, it was a celebration of main music. I think the idea, I mean, apart from just seeing, you know, the, the festivals and stuff that I was attending was playing the common ground fair early on those first couple of years and seeing all the talented main musicians and knowing that up here in Aroostook County, if you didn't play ACDC, you were playing the jukebox, mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing as far as original music or bluegrass music. Or... So I figured, man, we got to showcase, I got to showcase some of my friends to yeah. this. I know, I know there's people up here that'll like this stuff and that's what it started and continues to be. Um, and we've had some great bands. I feel so blessed to have done what we did and we raised money and we, we, we didn't, Everybody got paid for their gas and stuff, but we made some nice donations to help people. And that was, that was what we wanted to do was help people as well as celebrate music. We just thought it's all good. Yeah. yeah, Right. If if vendors want to come, that's good for the community. And our festival had newborn babies and 80 year old folks and dogs and not once in 13 years did, was there any law enforcement? Was yeah. there any issues? Was there any trouble? Was there, I think we sat one guy down one year cause he had a few too many Budweiser, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it was a beautiful thing because it was always done with love and light and integrity. Yeah. So um, eventually we got to the point where it was getting bigger and it was getting a little more complicated. Yeah. And um, I, I was getting busier personally on, and I was trying to focus a little bit more on being on the road. And so uh, these past couple of years, I think we took one or two years off. And um, I, I, I think I was left every year wondering, was that the last one? Are we going to, mm. but then I think we reached a point too, where I, I realized I look around and I realized like we, we really did build something here mm. and we, we established something that means something to some of the people. And that, that was enough incentive for me to want to keep pursuing it. Cause I do, I do believe in longevity and consistency. Um, we did have a, a, a hell of a festival lined up for this year and I'm really bummed that it got canceled. I'm, I'm not even going to tell everybody what we had lined up in the lineup, but maybe we can keep most of it intact and try it again when it's a little bit safer, but I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to bring joy to people through music. Yeah. And if I can, if I can help curate or facilitate that, I mean, what better to do? Well, and it's just, you know, I think, I think I don't mean to speak for you, but I think you and I both learned probably about community from the fish community, right? It's like then, and then as you go on, you realize that, well, community is actually one of the biggest parts of music right it's like music and community are sort of really intertwined and then to hear you take that love and passion and then make something in a community that didn't have that and then like it sounded like when you maybe didn't it wasn't there people missed it you know because it's like they didn't even know that they needed that sort of thing in their lives and then they got it and then um so i love that i love um and it, it shows that if you approach things from a point of genuine love and integrity and creativity and community and support um a good thing it's good things for humanity you know it's like it's what we all need Uh, you know it's what we all need um so i want to go back to because we kind of alluded to the fact that you've toured and toured a lot and you haven't obviously this year like everyone in live entertainment um what was your typical sort of uh touring season or what would what would what would you normally have been doing if all this shit hadn't happened in 2020 right well i think for the past five or six years i've been playing upwards of 160 gigs a year awesome i i I mean i do it out of necessity but i also do it out of love it's in my blood and i i love it so my typical uh routine would be usually do a week up in northern maine and then a, a week driving around Maine. And I got to the point where I had enough that I could focus on, you know, leave Thursday morning and go play like Lubeck, Birch Harbor, Ellsworth and come home and then do a week up here and then go out Western Maine and play Farmington or Bethel or 
whatever. Mm-hmm. And then do a week down, down Portland area, Yarmouth. But I had enough spots eventually. And I had a whole bunch of new ones that I was looking forward to getting to this year mm. that we'll just kind of have to wait, hopefully. Um, so it was busy. It was typically a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes one on either end, Wednesday or Sunday. Um, but I, I'd go up to six or seven days on the road if I could line stuff up. But I, I, I tried doing the whole New England tour thing a couple of years ago and it, it was, it was fine. It was great. But I also realized like, you know what, I'm, it, I could probably do just as well, if not better touring around my home state. Mm-hmm. I don't have the burning desire to go everywhere. Like I once did. Uh, we have a beautiful state. It's got everything. I have enough options. I'm just going to tour around Maine and make it work for me. I, I never aspire to any great, big i'm happy to be a working musician mm-hmm. and i the most of the places i play i really love i love the people there i love the so it became perfect it was a perfect little situation i kind of happened to be fortunate enough to carve out for myself so i would have just kept working all year uh, we had a lot of stuff planned me and my thunderheart lion mm-hmm. trio with jed Brissett and courtney martin uh we had some really nice shows on the books but um i'm just hoping they'll be there yeah. when the time is safe for us again yeah but. yeah we'll get back so it, to it we'll get back yeah. to it it's like it's 2020 has been like a little bit of a what the what the fuck to everybody but you know i'm hoping by this time next year we'll all be like oh you know remember that crazy stuff that we had to go through <laughs> i've been lucky man i i've i've managed to stay very creative just not necessarily on the road playing shows i've done a lot of writing i got the album and i this summer i did a lot of work around my place and just gardening and, and different art projects i'm trying out uh i'm just the, just the process of creating whatever it is is i'm just i've been really sold on that whole process amidst this pandemic yeah yeah if if you don't if you're not actively creating if you're just sitting there and worrying or just have nothing to do it's it's not a good scene no it's not the art of creating makes you feel good whatever it is yeah you know a letter or painting or a pie whatever just that's one of my art of one of my favorite sayings is uh, find something that makes you feel good and do it all the time, yeah. you know, do more of it, you know? And right. it's like when you can create something and get that good feeling and, well, uh, okay. One caveat, as long as you're not harming anybody. Right. It's like, if you, <laughs> well, cool, if, if that you, goes without saying, yeah. yeah right. You know, it's like, <laughs> if it feels good to if you. If your and, cooking is that bad, don't share your pie with anybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's really, really awesome to hear how you sort of took Maine and were like, because I, I like to think of Maine. I've said this before of like a big small town, you know, and it's like Maine is almost like its own country. You know, there's so many different parts of it. Oh, and regions yeah. And vastly I've, different, vastly too, different from the yeah. mentality of the people that live in that town to it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy state yeah so you the fact that you can figure you figured out a niche of being able to tour all the way around your state and sort of figuring out um and building an audience around that i think that's that's awesome i think that's so cool um the, it's either it's either awesome and cool or just a, a blind casualty of stubborn persistence yeah and oh, well. not knowing any better <laughs> <laughs> hey man you you enjoyed it right it's like this, yeah. like i love the analogy of feeling like you just robbed a bank you know it's like hey man just, <laughs> i i feel that way when i get paid sometimes to to be running sound equipment or humping gear or working backstage at a concert or or just being at some cool place or meeting some cool person right. because of of a gig i got hired to do and it's just like man I, I i would do this for free don't tell anybody but i would do it for free you know it's like it's um so um, I wanted to get back a little bit to, before I move on to some more like main centric stuff, I just want to touch yeah. base on the, your creative process of a song's life in the sense of like, what is it like from its inception to recording? And then you go out and tour it around the state. How does it, how do you view the song? Does it change how you view it over time? Kind of just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, thank. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, so I, I take a page out of the fish book once again when I construct my list. I I make sure I do the best I can as to not repeat things as long as I can. I try to cycle through as much material. Uh, I'll look at what I played last time I played that venue 
and see what I can play that I didn't play last time. I get real, I get real anal about the whole thing, you know, uh, side, quick side note. I got to share this over the summer here. Another project I've worked on is I have kept every set list from every show I've ever played. Oh, cool. Dating back to my first show. I think I'm missing three set lists out of like 1800, 1800 something. Wow. And I, I organized them into a book kind of like the, you know, so I have every, every set list who played with me. What, what, what happened? I have a, just a massive database of everything I've ever done. It's crazy. It's OCD to the back. <laughs> but so I, I, I take great care in, in, in what I, what I try to perform. Um, I give favor to the new original material, first and foremost. I look at my back catalog and I look at which of those songs I'm currently feeling and connecting with. There's some songs I've written that I just don't like, that I, that I don't connect with, so they sit out. Um, and there's a few off every album that I still play, and there's maybe one or two that I don't ever touch. Some albums get more love than others. Everything tries to go through the cycle. And uh, there are songs that sometimes I'm not feeling and I put down. And then two or three years later or two or three months later, you're feeling them again. They come back into rotation. Sometimes even your favorite ones need to take a break. And then being a guy that doesn't play a lot of covers, anytime somebody would request anything original, even if I'm on it or not, I tried to honor those. And there are a few originals that I know people do like that get tossed. So it's a juggling act with all of my material. And then just the creative side of me loves music. So every now and then I hear a song by Josh Ritter, or the Bar Brothers or the Felice Brothers that I just got to do and yeah. I learn it and I'll throw it into the rotation and I'll sneak a cover in, but I'm, I try to be very personal with my covers. Yeah. It's moment. like, it's like you're doing the cover for you, not for the audience. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, I want to play this song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have to listen to this one to get to the next one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you said you're originally from Maine, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, and Northern Maine, is that where you were born and raised? I was born in Presque Isle and so. I grew up on Long Lake. Okay. And uh, I went to school at Van Buren High School and uh, then I bounced, bounced around for 10 years or so. And what is it that, um, that you enjoy about Maine the most? And then what is it that you dislike if there's anything that you dislike about it? Not that. I want you to talk trash on Maine. But. <laughs> well, I'm going to try not to because <laughs> Maine employs me. Yeah, right. Or, right. or, or Maine was employing me. Um, I, You know what I love about Maine is uh, I love that it's got a little bit of everything and a little bit of everyone from yeah. the, the coast to the mountains to the, to the Portland area to, to right up here in the great wild yeah. north. Uh, I decided to come back up here years ago because of the space and because of the, uh, the isolation. I, I, I love that. Um, it, it's a magical place. I mean, having not, um, I'm not from Maine recently moved here and have been lucky enough to work on a couple gigs up that far, you know? Yeah. Um, and just this, this, this summer I was in the Maine North woods at Libby camps, uh, on a yeah. video shoot for Maine office of tourism. And, I, I think I've, I mean, I've, I toured and I traveled around the world. I've been, I've been to South America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. I've done it all around the country. I don't think nice. I've ever been to a place as remote <laughs> as the main North woods. Okay. It's like, I've spent a lot of time in the great North woods man. this summer because I couldn't travel. I wasn't driving down to Camden or Lubeck. So, man, I know a lot of roads I can go explore right up here that I haven't hit yet. It's an, um, it's an amazing place up there, man. It crazy. really is magical. So yeah, yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Talk about what, what you love about being up there. Well, I'm going to tell you something I don't love about being up here. Um, Amidst this crazy season that we've had, 2020, the political divide up here, yeah. I live in a very rural area and I see a lot of what's around me and I'm not impressed by a lot of the blind ignorance that pervades in some of the, the rural areas of yeah. our state. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you believe in humanity and it's frustrating when you believe in science. It's frustrating to live around it and see it every day. That being said, there's, there's amazing people up here as well. Yeah. And, I, and I know that that statement I just made hold, probably holds true for everywhere. Yeah. 
Um, but it seemed that some of that aspect of where I've chosen to live showed an ugly face this yeah. year. Yeah. But it doesn't outweigh the beauty and the magic of the place yeah. and the spirit of the people. And, you know, and it's funny for an area to feel that way because in this area that we live in was, I mean, it, we're here because of our immigrants and because of our different culture. That's yeah. what made this place beautiful and special. So we can't, you know, uh, yeah, I feel blessed to live up here. It's yeah. beautiful. And I have fond memories from growing up on the lakes and in the dirt roads. And I can go anywhere within five minutes and not be found and drift away and put on my snowshoes and take a walk. Um, I do a lot of hiking around. I do a lot of writing. I'll find a nice place and eat a sandwich, make a little fire, do some writing, just uh, spend time and be grateful out in, in, in all that we have to still be grateful for. It sounds like a magical existence, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, it's not all it's it's not all rainbows and butterflies, sure, but sure. you you know, at the end of the day, man, we're all responsible for our happiness. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And I know that we all need to eat, and sometimes everything gets tough. Everything. Yeah. I'm I'm dealing with some tough things too right now. I'm dealing, you know, but Hey, at the end of the day, what's the alternative? You gotta, you gotta find that silver lining. Yeah, be absolutely. Thank thankful for all, all that we do have. I'm like thankful for this conversation with another human being about somebody that's uh, invested in art and community like yourself. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, yeah. I it's I, I'm a I'm a believer in music. Music is is music is my like lifeblood. You know, it informs everything that I do. I I think it is it is one of the most important things um and i've just sort of been blessed to to been been a, a work with really creative people and be a part of creative situations and honestly that was the inspiration for this podcast was i've worked with dancers choreographers musicians all sorts of different people producing live shows and stuff and the creative energy is intoxicating so i i this that was the reason for the podcast i'm like i want to talk to creative people i want to talk to people and find out what it is that makes them tick, how it is that they approach yeah. their craft. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's important. You know, art is important. It, it's it, vital. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is absolutely vital. And it's so, and it's been a part of us for forever, you know, um, speaking of art and music in Maine, talk about, because you're such a big part of it, I think, in my, at least in my eyes. Talk about the main music scene in general a little bit. Um, what's special about it? And um, where, where, where do you see it going from here? Not that you have a crystal ball. or I've seen a lot of people banding together. I see you're wearing a state theater t-shirt. I know that there's been a lot of great fundraising going on for the venues. And, um, uh, you know, so just kind of talk about the main music scene a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing my Dave Noise. Thank you, Dave Noise. You are loved t-shirt and you are loved and you are missed. Um, what I love most about the main music scene is it is all encompassing. Uh, you have so many beautifully gifted weirdos doing so many different types of music and they're all doing them pretty proficiently. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I'll, I, you know, I could, I could start name dropping all, all the great musicians in Maine. I've worked with a lot of them over the past 20 years I've seen a lot of bands come and go over the last 20 years since we started doing our roots acoustic. Then a lot of the, the bands that we used to feature dead end armory and Theodore Treehouse. It's just dark hollow balling company. I remember ghost of Paul Revere played some of their first shows up, up there with us and um, just everybody that's passed through. And I think of how many wonderful friends and great memories and how inspired they've made me and we've made each other. I, I look at the whole music scene as kind of just a big tight knit community, whether you're doing whatever genre you're into, everybody knows and respects and, and supports for the, for the most part, you know, there's, there's still a fair amount of everything else that comes with everything. But um, for the most part, it's just a, a, an incredibly diverse and impressive talented scene of bands and genres yeah. I, I i mean i can't i can't speak enough good i've worked i've been so fortunate to to play or record or work with so many 
wonderful, inspiring people. I mean, I got nothing but good things to say about everybody in and the way that the Maine Music Alliance has stepped up and, and has helped supporting the State Theater and Blue and, and Portland House of Music and all those great clubs that are so vital to that city. Um, it's a wonderful thing. But there's a lot that, you know, that, that's, that's important. You need to protect that as the cultural hub of the state. But there's a lot of rooms around the state, a lot of little hidden gems. And I, I've driven on a lot of roads in Maine. There's a lot of great place I've already heard of and seen so many close their doors. So it's just so much. It, it's so big. I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds. I do know that we are all, and when I say we, I mean, I, I guess I mean Mainers. I guess I mean artists in general. Music's going to happen no matter what happens. It's been around since the beginning. If we got to play on the street, we'll play on the street. If we got to play on the Zoom, we'll play on the Zoom. People need to play. People need to hear. So we will persevere It's it, at a cost, no doubt. But I, I have no doubt that art and music is going to burn bright and spread love. And, 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 and I try to, these days, I'm trying to focus on that light at the end of the tunnel that if we can all smarten up and pull through this winter and, how good is that next show going to feel? Oh my God. I, how I, good is that next hug and that next sweaty dance going to feel? Or how good is it being on stage with your, with your bandmates playing to live people going to feel? I, and that's the shit we got to hold on to right now. I and, just and, got goosebumps right now thinking about that feeling. Yeah. Like, like yeah. being at a I want to go to another yeah, fish show, I, dude. dude. <laughs> the, the, when I'm at a fish show again and, can, and not be wearing a mask and screaming at the top of my lungs, you know, I, um, I'll wear a full body suit. <laughs> Yeah, we just, uh, yeah, it's a tough time. So I, I do hope people out there support those programs that are helping those venues stay open. And, and I do hope people support those independent musicians out there. There's a lot of us yeah. and those little things like the band camp Fridays or, or a, a live stream, it, 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 it helps us on, on the level of feeling normal and doing what we do, Yeah, but it helps, it helps us buy a few cans of soup. Too, yeah. you know or some rice or it's so a good it's it, a good reminder for people that like in this you know uh shop local you know don't go to your big box store shop local thing seems to be so popular it's like hey guess what art is local too shop right? local you know what i mean <laughs> and and people will go buy jewelry or they'll go buy paintings or they'll go buy pieces of art but music unfortunately uh, has i know some great main painters there's some great artists out there buy buy a painting from a main yeah. artist yeah uh, right yeah. right support local art absolutely yeah. um local, local everything yeah support local right. local potatoes support local <laughs> it's true it's true um you were talking about you know, venues outside of Portland um, and you can name certainly some in Portland, but what are some of the, some, some of your favorite venues, places that you love to play, or maybe places that are unknown that you're like, Hey people, if you're in this town, you got to check this place out. Any kind of places right. like that? Yeah. Well, two different categories. I, I've been fortunate enough the past couple of years to play some really nice rooms like the Criterion theater and, and Bar Harbor and, and some of the nice old theaters mm. without a doubt. Anytime you get to play one of those old theater rooms, I yeah, mean, that's, they're special. They, right? they were designed for performance art. And as an artist, you want to play nowhere. That's there's, there's nothing more beautiful and, and conducive. Um, but then I've gotten roped into a lot of the work I do on the road is a, is a lot of tap rooms and, and uh, breweries. Yep. Um, and we're blessed in Maine to have so many beautiful, unique, thoughtful ones. Uh, I have a real soft spot in my heart for um, down East Maine. I love going out to Lubeck mm -hmm. and the people, people there at the Lubeck Brewing Company. Uh, it's been one of my favorite places to play and just visit. Uh, and then I traveled down the coast and there's a, there's a great spot out in Birch Harbor called the pickled wrinkle. They, they support music um, like no, like no one else and, and great people, great scene. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, Fogtown Brewing and Ellsworth, uh, the guys over there are top notch in everything they do from caring to their product and caring to the musicians to just caring to their community. Uh, I feel lucky to know those guys and work with those guys. So I'm very thankful. Um, I could go on and on about places I, I love. Sure. I love playing the, the rack out Carabasa Valley. Uh, I love playing Tattoo Dad in Jackson. 
Uh, I used to, you know, a sad note here, people, I, I used to love playing the Woodhull Public House in Yarmouth until that became a casualty. Uh, Seth and, and Katie did a great job at Woodhull. I used to love my, my visits down there. And that's gone. And so there's, they are disappearing. They are disappearing. I love, I love playing blue when I, when I play in Portland, uh, historically, you know, I've, I've played a bunch of spots, but historically I always go back to blue. It's still conducive, the room, the audience. Um, and I can't wait to play my next blue show, you know? So yeah, so many things I'm missing when you stop and think about it a little bit. You know, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Is there any um, places, because kind of some of those I think are probably fall on the same list, but any places um, that you love to like eat or drink or when you're traveling around, you're like, oh man, I know I got to stop in here and get a sandwich at this place or <laughs> well, beer at this place. I'm pretty thrifty. So I uh, I usually capitalize on my, on my meal <laughs> right, at, right, right. At the venue that I'm playing, but I do kind of go out of my way for... Uh, <laughs> I go out on my way for Otto's Pizza when I'm in the greater southern part okay. of the state, yeah. as well as uh, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I hit up the Holy Donuts. Yeah, when hey I'm, man, Listen, <laughs> those there. are two good. Those are two good choices. Two pizza man. and donuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're speaking my language, man. Um, and then um, when you're not playing music or not eating and drinking. And maybe not just uh, in your own backyard enjoying Maine. Is there any places that you love to go do any outdoor recreating? You know, any spots you like to go camping or fishing or anything like that that you want to share? This is always a sensitive question because hey, right. people are like, I'm Tell too many people you. about your secret spot. <laughs> and the next time you. you go there, it's... Uh, um, I'm just... Uh, my my recent kick is really exploring extensively the great north woods up here yeah. i got i kind of got into it a little bit this summer and uh just realized just the i i've always been aware of it but i've never done too much adventuring out in my own backyard yeah uh i miss going to canada uh we used to go out to new brunswick a lot and uh beautiful place and there were some beautiful spots would you play up there too did you ever have you ever done any playing up there I've done a few house concerts just on the other side, but I never really looked into the legalities and the border crossings and the visas and the payment. It became a little bit of a headache. Sure. Um, so everything I did was kind of just local house concerts for people I knew over there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely, it's always been so tempting. It's like a whole untapped market. Yeah. And I'll tell you growing up around these Canadian folks, they're absolutely wonderful. They're yeah. the best people. They, they love to sing. They love to dance. They love to have fun and they're, they're good people. Yeah. They're good people. So, uh, you know, Hopefully here, once everything simmers down a little bit, I'm going to try to spend a little bit more time up that way. Hopefully, yeah. I, I, I would like to. I remember hearing somebody that I had heard interviewed up there sort of talking about how, you know, folks in northern Maine, you know, aren't like it's not like an us and them with Canada as maybe some other people in the country may feel, you know, because it's like. <laughs> they kind of feel like they're in the same place a little bit, you know, it's sort of like, you know. I, there, there's a sense of that. But uh, in, at these days, I think the Canadians are thinking, man, I don't want nothing to do with you guys. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I can't blame them. They're like, man, we're happy we got that border there. <laughs> God bless oh, you, Canadians. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all right, man. Last question. This has been like, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. I, 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 I don't, I've never zoomed and I, I don't typically do much press, but this it's been really nice talking to you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming, man. It's been great. Um, I like to, and I've had people sort of say like, oh man, I don't want to give advice, you know, <laughs> but do you have any advice for um, musicians or anyone embarking on a creative endeavor? You know, cause there's people who have started all sorts of things, you know, in this time, whether it's, like you were talking about writing short stories or writing music or maybe picking up an instrument that they haven't played in a long time or, or people who are starting new businesses or doing things out of necessity because they've been forced, you know, their life has been upended. You being what I consider creative and entrepreneurial, considering you've, you know, 20 years ago decided to do this music thing and you're still doing it. Do you have any advice for anybody? Um. <laughs> I, I yeah, you be a good person. Yeah. Be a good person. 
and be thankful for the things that you have in your life and be patient. And if you love something and you believe in something, do it with the strongest, most pure intentions and integrity that you can possibly do it with. Keep your head down and keep working and don't worry about anything else. Stay true to yourself, be a good person and just work at what you love. Give it, give it all. And you're going to win. You're going to lose. You might never, you might set goals and never come close to them. At, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, man. If you're good and you're thankful and you can go to sleep thinking, I, I like who I am. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not one to give advice, but I, I can just tell you what worked for me or what is working for me. And it's just being, trying to be a good person and trying to be grateful for what yeah. you do have in life. Because no matter what, man, and you know this, everything could always be so much worse for everyone. It's so as true. bad as it gets, it could still be worse. And you just got to remind yourself that sometimes. Yeah. Be thankful for, be thankful for the good things. It's a as lot, cliche it's, as that might sound, right, man. But get no, down to it. You strip the layers away. That's what it is. It, you know, because it's about, it's, it's about, you know, we all have that, that negative voice in our heads, you know? And I think creative people especially have that, you know, that thing that they're constantly fighting of like, you know, should it, should it, should you be doing this? Is this even good? Does anybody want to hear oh, this? Does anybody? Man, when I first you know? started those first couple of years of me playing bar gigs, I heard so many things. I was playing through like a little Fender Passport, you know, it was kind of at the time for me, it was like the Fisher Price of PA systems. And, uh, you know, my voice, it was way worse than whatever it is now. You know, <laughs> I, I just remember hearing some awful things coming from the people sitting in front of me, but you got to have tough skin and you just got to let that shit roll off you, man. You know, I think after hearing it a couple of times, I eventually looked at one guy and said, here's my guitar. Come play a song. He couldn't play a song and just that. All right. But I didn't don't let other people's yeah. ignorance discourage you yeah. from anything. Yeah. Have some integrity. You believe in what you're doing. You go with it, man. Oh man. That's such, such good advice from, <laughs> from, an awesome musician. All right. So tell people about the album. Tell people um, yeah. where to get it, when it's coming out. So Morning Bird Choir. Uh, it's 13 new, I guess what I'm calling cosmic or cerebral folk songs. Uh, it'll come out uh, tomorrow, uh, December 4th, Friday, December 4th. It'll be available at my Bandcamp site, travisseer.bandcamp. And eventually I will have some physical copies available um, through there as well. And it should be on Spotify in a week or so as well. Awesome. My, my first venture into the Spotify world. <laughs> but uh, yeah, do check it out. I'm extremely proud of it. Um, I, I wrote and arranged and performed and recorded everything on it myself. So it's a little uh, self-indulgent, but it's, it's, it's sparse and uh, it, it works really well through your headphones, which are recommended. Uh, and I'm very proud of this one. I'm really, this, this album to me out of, I think 10 original releases. Um, this one really, this one sits really warmly in my heart amongst my catalog. I know it's still fresh, but all things considered, I'm pretty, I'm pretty moved by this piece that I created. So I'm excited to share it. And I'm, I'm glad you got those, those tracks last night and, and thank you for your warm reception on them so far. The, uh, I, I'm anxious for you to hear the rest. The, the, um, the word cosmic is uh, a great description of it because, and I, I love how you said about the, um, the headphones thing too, because you do have some very cool, effects going on some some wide pan things i hear some like flanging stuff going on that's going back and forth from left to right um it's very cool it's it's just it's it's really just the kind of music i like that's like you know just the right amount of acoustic and just the right amount of electronic experimentation you know yeah, and then you yeah. set that to the background of your incredibly vivid lyrics it's it's <laughs> it's awesome so i <laughs> can't you, wait man. for Thank everybody you. to hear it i can't wait to hear the rest of it myself um when i got done with it i, re I remember telling frank frank hawkins who mastered it, i said you know frank I, I love this album more than anything else i've done and i really don't care if one other person likes it and uh he's been he's been praising me he's pretty he, he's pretty excited about it and to hear your reception it really makes me feel good because i really uh, that spacey folk sound yeah. accompanying the lyrics is what I was really going for with this. Uh, 
yeah, I'm just excited. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, thank man. You. Thank, thank you, Travis. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Everybody, go pick up the new record. Um, and support local Maine art musicians businesses. We're gonna get through this. Um, and thanks for coming on the show, man. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you. Thanks again to Travis for taking the time to chat with me. As you can tell, I'm a huge fan of his songs, and I think he's a great representation of the kind of talented artists that are here in Maine. Um, in my long-winded introduction of him, I mentioned the song that he sent me, Helios, which is the opening track off of his new album, Morning Bird Choir. I think it's a great example of the creative and vivid lyrics that he is able to conjure and the space folk style he referred to in his interview. So here is Travis Sear with Helios. Well, I run the circus, man, I pop the tent. I backed all the clowns up on the train. We headed north to Fort Kent. Two cars full of lights and a fire-breathing man. A wolf boy named David, a bearded lady named Sam. Got a medicine car, but things get real dirty. An old black magic animal orgy. A tightrope walker on a trampoline. OPT Barnum, he ain't got nothing on. duck and an elephant all in the trunk a salty dog and the world's largest cat and the ringmaster he's got a rabbit in his hat and all the jugglers torsionists they all just gather around to place their bets gambling out in the dining car where the monkey man pounds that old
That was Travis Sear with Helios off of his new album, Morning Bird Choir. Uh, stop what you're doing right now and go to travissear.bandcamp.com. Check the show notes for the link. Go buy this album. Heck, you might as well pick up all of his albums. Put on a pair of headphones and go for a walk in the woods. Trust me, you will thank me later. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to leave you with a recording I made while on a video shoot in the Maine North Woods this fall. Uh, it was recorded um, mid-morning standing on the shore of Webster Pond on a fly fishing expedition. Uh, you can hear the low rumble of the river flowing into the pond about 50 yards away from where my microphone was set up. And it really was the soundtrack to one of the most serene settings I have ever laid eyes on. So I hope you enjoy. This episode is being released the week of Christmas and will be the last episode of 2020. So I hope everyone has a really Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, best wishes for the winter solstice, and a very blessed new year. So stay happy, stay healthy, everyone. We'll see you in 2021. Thanks for listening to The Main Experience. Main Experience is produced by Audio Evolutions. Audio Evolutions is a small business run by me, Jason DeWald, and I would love to work with you on your next project. In the modern age of digital media, it is easier than ever for people to be creative, but poor audio quality can distract from all of your hard work and ruin your project. Let Audio Evolutions help evolve your sound to the next level. Offering services ranging from full-scale music production for your next album, podcast production to give you the professional sound you deserve, audio post-production for video, location sound recording for video shoots, and even voiceovers. Send an email to jason at audioevolutions.net and let me know how Audio Evolutions can help you evolve the way your world sounds.